to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, I am so pumped about this podcast. Oh, tell me why. Because you're going to share some startling, exciting, challenging thoughts with our listeners today. And when I listen to you talk about it, I get kind of excited. So listeners, um, i got to get Amy to do her own drum roll for you. <laughs> Queen of the sound effects. Amy, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the woman with the bleeding issue. (gasps) You're talking about something embarrassing, Amy. I know, but it's in the Bible, so I can use the words that are in the Bible, right? Should we do a series on all the embarrassing things in the Bible? (laughs) Just like go and just like read off all the verses one after another. There's a few shocking ones. I'm not sure we should build a podcast around each one of them, but yes. So what we would consider unsettling and socially awkward, Jesus did not shy away from. Exactly. And this is one of those passages that I've read over the years, but as I was um, preparing to speak, or I was asked to speak, this was the this was the story that popped into my head like right away, months ago. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And the more I read it, the more... It's like a small little little story, but the more it blew me away, just the audacity of this woman and even the audacity of Jesus as he interacts with this woman. Like you read it and you're like, whoa, both of these people have gumption. Gumption. These are good I was going to use a different word than I'm like, well, use gumption. So we'll talk about shocking topics, but we'll try to keep our vocabulary in the right zone. Yes. Sounds like a good plan. So tell me, just to start with, what does audacious mean? That's very important. I mean, I know, but it's one of those words that we can kind of feel like we have the idea, and I feel like key to what you're about to talk about, breaking down what it seriously means is helpful. So audacity is the willingness to take bold risks. Mm. And then as I, you know, Googled it, because that's what we do. You don't look in a dictionary anymore. Another thing that had written was the courage or confidence of a kind that people find shocking or unsettling. Ooh. And it's like, as I read that, I'm like, that's, that's, as we dig into this story a little bit, that is the word. There's no other word for this story. That is it. So the key, um... Characteristic I'm hearing you say in this is that it makes people feel unsettled. Yeah. Okay, I am familiar with this. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I make people feel unsettled. (laughs) Maybe for good reasons or bad reasons. So unpack this. Why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal because in order to fulfill the mission that God has given us, we have to be willing to take bold risks that unsettle people, Mm. right? It talks about in Isaiah how, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. And that healed word is like sozo, which means saved, healed, and delivered. The whole kit and caboodle healing, right? It's very clear that Jesus has meant for us to participate in that for ourselves and for others. And if we are unwilling to do things that might unsettle people, if we're unwilling to take bold risks... If we're unwilling to go into the abundant life that Jesus promises us in John, then what are we doing? Yeah. We're sitting doing we're nothing. We're not going further up and further in. We I aren't. know that. We definitely aren't. Why don't you tell people the story? What happened? Okay. So this story is actually in um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Not John. John's an outlier. He, you know, he does his own thing a lot of times. He does, but he knew Jesus loved him more than anybody it's true. else. He can get away with all kinds. Never mind. That's a rabbit trail. Right? You can edit out. And what I love (laughs) is in, it's just one of those like, oh, that's so interesting Mm -hmm. boxes. 
in Luke, it comes in this in the chapter where it's like it Luke shows Jesus's dominance over nature, yeah, then over the demonic, yeah, then over disease and over death in okay. one chapter, and it was just like oh, like the whole yep. thing, right? Yep. That's just a side note. But the one I'm reading out of Mark because he has the most okay. fleshed out story. This is pretty long, so I'm actually just going to summarize it. Perfect. That's so what it is is. A synagogue official has come to Jesus and is saying, hey, my daughter's sick. Please come. Please come. Jesus is like, sure, let's do this. And it says there's this crowd and the word is like pressed. And so it is like a crammed concert, leaving the concert crammedness. Not my favorite places to be. Christmas shopping, those kind of things. I know, right? Terrible. So it's in this crowd. And meanwhile, there's a woman who's had constant bleeding for 12 years. And this is like related to the reproductive system bleeding. Right. For 12 years, she has spent all her money and it's only gotten worse. Right. And she has heard of Jesus. Yeah. And so in her mind, she's like, man, if I just, if I can just touch his hem, if I can just crawl through the crowd and touch his hem, I'll be healed. So that's what she does. She, I don't know how it works, but she does it in a way that nobody notices her, which is significant. Touches the hem, and it says, Jesus right away recognizes the power has gone out of him. That always blows my mind. Right? The dunamis. Yeah. And Jesus is like, who touched me? And Peter, I'm pretty sure it's Peter, which, Of course you know, it's Peter. Says, exactly. Says what we all, it's just like, Jesus, there's like a million people here. What's your, who touched you? You're, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But he's like, no, someone touched me. I felt the power go out of me. So he kept looking around. And finally, this woman, frightened, trembling, comes and explains what happens. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You've been made whole or your suffering is over or whatever thing. And that's the story. And then it, you know, goes on. He continues on to the synagogue official's house and good things happen there too. But that's the nutshell of a story. But in it is like a crap ton. A crap ton. Or a lot. (laughs) Yes. So what, I mean, it's a crowd already, right? Like the very fact that Peter says, you know, don't be ridiculous, Jesus, who touched you? Look at everybody. Like no one was afraid to be jostling around him. Mm -hmm. What made her audacious? Made audacious because, right, if we look back at Levitical law, Mm -hmm. it talks about how any woman who has menstrual bleeding is ceremonially unclean. For the entire time it happens. And it talks about even. It addresses even. What if it happens for longer than, you know, the regular time? And it says, if a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood has continued beyond the normal period, she is ceremonial unclean. Any bed she lies on, any object she touches, any person she touches becomes ceremonially unclean. So her presence in the crowd was against the law, like, mm-hmm. and not just like civic law. Like we, well, I mean, some people I know push the speed limit sometimes. We're not talking like taking that kind of a risk with the law. No. Like this is a really, really big deal in their culture. Right. And for 12 years, she had tried to find a cure. Yeah. Right. Like what have we had in our lives for so long that we've just kind of been like, well, 
this is how it is. So right here, I'd like to say if there's any guys still hanging in here on this podcast episode, this is not just for women. No. This conversation, while the story centers around an issue that a woman specifically had, what we're talking about is not gender specific at all. Exactly. How many of us have struggled with things for years and years and years, and it's kind of a secret thing. It's kind of a shameful yeah. thing. It's kind of a, we've, we're exhausted and given up on it. Exactly. And in this case, it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Right? Like if there is a point to just give up, lose hope, decide not to try anymore, just be like, this is life. I guess I just have to live it is at this moment. Withdraw, shut down, hide, hopeless. Yeah. Like my guts just move right? with compassion. Because she's isolated. Yeah. Right? Like she probably, she's so socially isolated. Right? Her husband wouldn't be touching her. Her family wouldn't welcome if, her to if, the dinner table. If her husband was still around. Right. Because the right Jewish law says, you know, if a woman is barren, which if you're bleeding for 12 years, you're barren, then your husband can divorce you on that. So we don't know. She could have had no kids, no husband. We just don't know. Right. But she has heard of Jesus. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing. It's like, have you heard of him? Right. She has heard of Jesus and there's still a little glimmer of hope and faith. Yeah. Just enough. And just enough audacity of like, if I can just touch him, if I can just come to Jesus and touch his robe, maybe something could change. Have you ever been in the situation where you just feel like, I mean, I've been here a few times where it's like, okay, I feel like I'm risking everything, but if I don't, there's actually no point either. Mm, So I'm I'm just going to do it. You know, I, I can't. When I see people who are still kind of coping with stuff decades later, that there's different ways you could get help for. Like thinking specifically about counseling, going for counseling or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how have you been able to carry on so long without thinking this is just worth going for? Yeah. She was there. Yeah. It's like, there was no point in not in going on anymore. Mm-hmm. End of the road. Like how, how long can you keep on like that? Exactly. And she's like, if I just come. Yeah. Everything on the line. And touch. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Right. Yeah. But then it gets even like, she gets even more hardcore. Yeah. Because, right, she touches, it says she touches the hem of his robe and instantly she feels she is healed. Hmm. At that point, she could have been like, okay, peace out. Let's yeah, go before away. anyone notices that I'm in the crowd and I have to, you know, people are calling me out and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus does this whole stopping, who touched me? Who touched me? I always wonder how she felt then. Was she so delighted that something happened or was she just like wanting to die a thousand deaths? Or a combination of both. Well, that is a very good point, Amy. I've had that feeling, right? right? Like this is the most wonderful and most terrifying, embarrassing, awkward, hard, awful, glorious thing that's ever happened. Right. And the story seems to imply that nobody knew it was her. Okay. So she could have pieced out. But she takes another step. In auda- she is audacious yeah. and then experiencing Jesus. So she's not just settling for what she, Jesus gave her. She's risking for more. Exactly. For an encounter with Jesus. Huge. Right? So she comes fear and trembling, throws herself at his feet, tells him the whole story. I like your words there. First she received healing or asked for it and received it. But then she wanted an encounter. It's yeah. a big word. It's important. It is. Yeah. Right? And from there how Jesus interacts with her is like mind blowing. As I was like looking at all this stuff, it was interesting. 
as you know, I think from our maybe the story of me, Amy's story, or soul ties, or whatever, that our listeners will know that there's parts of this I can really identify with. With health issues. With health issues. And um, it, I realized that several times I had read this story and pictured myself in this story, you know, before any of my renewal, but I only ever got to the point that I touched his hem and I was healed. Hmm. I never went past that. Yeah. It was only that up until that point, yeah. right? In my stuck of insignificant obligation that I couldn't picture myself having an encounter with Jesus, him mm. looking in my eyes saying, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You are healed. And I was like, that is so interesting yeah. because we can come to Jesus. We can say, hey, I recognize I need healing. I recognize I need saving. I recognize I need help. We have this transactional moment. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? But to be audacious in coming to Jesus, uh, in experiencing Jesus is is different because it is, it is so different. willing to be seen and known and encounter his love yeah every time i read the word daughter like it makes me feel like crying right yeah and that is such a beautiful thing and i mean we're kind of getting into the audacious of modeling jesus but that's such a beautiful thing because she would have been isolated yeah. not a part of a family yeah completely isolated and by saying daughter he to the whole crowd he's yeah. saying you are included you are a part of this family you are no longer on the outside and outcast. Yeah. Right? And, yes. And even the words, like the root words of healing, share that there's he- there was healing in that encounter. Yeah. Because when it's, she's talking about, man, if I only touch the whole hem of his robe, I'll be healed. The word used there is sozo, which mm-hmm. is saved, healed, delivered, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then when it says, hey, she reached out and touched his hem and was healed, that word is like physical healing. Okay, very specific. Then when Jesus is saying, daughter, your faith has made you well, oh. go in peace, yeah. you have been healed or whatever, yeah. that word there is sozo. Yeah. It's often translated whole, right? Your whole being, spirit, soul, and body, exactly. saved, healed, and delivered. You have been made whole. And I love that because I really identify with feeling fractured and broken. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's just so beautiful. It's like, oh yeah, physical healing came when there was the transactional power came out, yeah. went in. But the whole healing, the stuff that Jesus, you know, and this eventually died for, yeah. was the whole healing. And it only came through an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. By showing up and saying, it's me, I want you. Yeah. And taking the risk. Yeah. And in all the crowd, and let's face it, the whole crowd that day needed wholeness, right? Mm-hmm. But he saw her. Yeah. He picked her out of the crowd. Yeah. The fact there's a lot, so many elements in this story, but the fact they were on their way somewhere else, urgent. Yes. Always catches me. Mm-hmm. And that is like for me, as I was looking, right? Of like, okay, what is as we decide to encounter and come to Jesus? There's an aspect of okay, what does this look like to model Jesus? How do we how do we be audacious in modeling Jesus? So having received wholeness, yeah, we have an assignment. And we can look right at this story. And the thing is, is how Jesus interacts with this woman is shocking. So to our mind, he's going to a synagogue official. He needs to be on their good side. A very important person. Right. And Mm -hmm. he hasn't done a lot of favors for himself in that area. So this would get him some, (laughs) 
<laughs> right? This would get him some favor. Sure, sure. You're right. I didn't ever think of that. But totally. Like, right. survival our, is the powerful people are on your side. Exactly. And in our mind, it'd be like, oh, yeah, Jesus, you better get there and you better work your miracle and this will work out. So I just have to, like, wait a minute. Everything has to translate to my own life for it to matter to me. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus, he's so brave and he's yeah. so focused on the mission. And after all, he's God's son that yeah. he never, ever hesitates. So I have to stop for a minute and go, where in my life am I calculating odds of mm-hmm. my obedience based on the response I'm going to get from people that I perceive to have power? Yeah. Can you do another sound effect there, Amy? <sighs> Mind blown. Yeah. And that's exactly it. But Jesus stops. And he could have just been like, oh, power went out of me. Good. Got that yeah. out of the way. That was fast and efficient. That would yeah. be me. I'm all right. about the efficiency. Boom. We healed somebody on the way to raise the person from the dead. Excellent. Without stopping for the relational bit. Of, and Jesus is so I know. able to stop for the one and be relational, even when he has assignments and agendas. Right? And we see that when he heals the leper. Hmm. Right? In other cases, he has just been like, yeah, be healed. Go wash yourself. Here's some spit and mud. (laughs) But there's one story that just like blows my mind is he touches the leper and says, you are healed. And we know from, right, from, again, Levitical law, lepers weren't touched. No, They had to yell. They contaminated you. Stay away, stay away, stay away. And I just wonder, like, how long had it been since that man had been touched? Mm. And Jesus, he doesn't just physically heal him. He touches him. Says, no, 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 you're worth being touched, Mm -hmm. being loved, being included. And this story is the same thing where it's like, no, he recognizes it's just not the physical mess going on. There's other stuff. And he stops and talks. And so for us, it's like, man, where are the places that Jesus is maybe inviting us to stop in our tasks, Mm -hmm. getting the stuff done, being efficient and just stop and see someone like the t- I just remember in um, university I was going to my favorite place to get pizza it was like dirt cheap and it was just like this garlic cheese pizza that was amazing sounds heavenly and now I'm hungry I know right and in downtown Victoria there's just a lot of people who are homeless yeah right it's yeah. nice warm climate it so it's my heart I have a hard time right? walking down the street and I had worked down there yeah, I was just down there a lot. And so I was just like really used to like not even looking at people. They'd say money. I'd be like, no, don't have anything. Don't have anything. Don't have anything. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, this one woman caught my eye, said, I don't know, do you have any money? And I said, man, I don't have any money, but I'm getting pizza. Can I bring you back pizza? And she was like, sure. This is like so out of character for me. Yeah, it is. I'm I know, looking right? at you going, what? <laughs> so I got pizza and I sat down and I sat down with this woman on the side of the wow, street. Amy. I know, right? I'm just like, I'm thinking back and I'm like, hey, Jesus, the, clearly I was listening to you that day because I would nor- never normally do that. But I just like sat and I just heard her talk about her story and about, you know, her kids and, and the abortion she had and, and her, mm. the devastation of her life. And I just sat and I mean, I didn't know what to say. I was like a 21 year old, whatever. And she ate her pizza and I ate mine. And then I was just like, man, thank you so much for telling me that. I'm so sorry all that stuff's happened to you. And we kind of just like that, had that moment where we looked at each other's eyes. And then I just left and I didn't see her again. But as I read this, I was like, that's exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Is all of a sudden being like, no, I'm going to stop. You don't have to spend 30 minutes with someone. But the stopping out of your day, out of the task, out of your let's get stuff done stopping and connecting with one person 
Because we actually don't know the impact. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. And I always think I'm one in a series of encounters. Yeah. Because I used to just get overwhelmed. Well, it's not all on, it's all on me. Did you help her you know, figure out how to be healed from yeah. an abortion and losing her children and get her a job? No, yeah. you didn't do all those things. No. But you did your assignment. And I gave her some mediocre pizza. Well, you thought it was the best. And cheese and garlic is sounding really fine oh, to so me right now. so stinking good. <laughs> okay. For me, it's looking at how Jesus interacted is a guideline for us. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a guideline to have courage. Because that takes courage to, like, kind of take the risk to step out, to do something that's out of, yep. you know, the normal scripts of how we interact with people. Totally. Right? Boldness and courage to take risks. And then he named her. Yeah. And I think that we always need to be able to, like, as much as we can, call out people's God-given identity in every encounter we have. Yeah. Even when people are not acting, you know, their identity. Mm-hmm. That those moments where it's just like, Jesus, help me to see this person the way you see them. What do you see them? What do you call them? And sometimes just simple, simple words yeah. that are just like plain old English words. Mm-hmm. But if no one's called you beloved, seen, known, loved, precious, significant, special, those words are like water in a desert yeah. when you don't see yourself that way. Yeah, so there's two parts in this story. There's the audacity in coming to Jesus and encountering Jesus, being the recipient. Her courage and her confidence would have been unsettling to the crowd around her. Oh, yeah, because as soon as they would have known who that woman was. And people would know. Small town. Yeah. Was it worth it? Was the risk worth it? Yeah. Her whole life radically reset. Yeah. In every possible way, body, soul, and spirit, nothing is the same anymore. Right? Yeah. And then the second part is? The second part is that we need to be audacious in modeling Jesus to others. Yeah. And that also is going to require a courage or confidence that will sometimes be unsettling to people around us. And sometimes be unsettling to yourself. What? First and foremost. <laughs> and then unsettling, right? Right. The two things are true. Yeah. It, it takes this, uh, to move past all my self-consciousness, all my self, 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 all the words that start mm-hmm. with self dash something else and go beyond that. And then also recognize that often when we do these things, I, I mean, I certainly have gotten pushback from other people around because it makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then they want to make an explanation or a defense or an accusation that will put them back into a more comfortable zone. Yeah. And all I can say then is, sure, but is the value of that person's opinion greater than the saved, healed, and delivered of the person who's been hemorrhaging from their soul yeah. for 12 years? So much brokenness feels to me like a hemorrhage of the soul. Yeah. And Jesus stopped for the one. Mm-hmm. So to get there, first, we have to be audacious. Mm-hmm. We have to not just receive healing, but then pursue an encounter yeah. where we're willing to be seen, mm-hmm. known, loved, make eye contact with Jesus. And then from there, that experience will propel us all further up and further in. Mm-hmm.